Hello everybody, I'm back. I'm really sorry that I didn't do episodes after the first one for last week, but that was due to KD Academy. But at KD Academy, a lot of things were decided, a lot of new things were actually done, and so we'll start off by discussing a bit what came after, you know, the episode that I did, and then we'll switch to other topics. So let's get started. This is Linux Daily. Okay, so KDE has a new application called Ghostwriter. There hasn't been an announcement from KDE side of things until yesterday. It has been on KDE side for some days before that, and now it's actually announced. What is Ghostwriter? Well, it's an application that allows you to write Markdown. It has the tagline, no excuses, no distractions, just write, which is pretty interesting, sorry. And the website talks about how it is distraction-free writing. The UI is pretty clean and you only see what you're writing. It has a variety of themes, light and dark. You can turn on a live preview of your Markdown as an HTML. You can have navigation within the document if you have like headings. And finally, there's also a focus mode that only shows you the sentence that you have selected right now. And also a lot of documents and session statistics, such as words, characters, sentences, paragraphs, and so on. It has a nice feature called Hemingway mode that actually does not allow you to edit anything that you write. It actually disallows backspace and delete keys. You can only write. There's also drag and drop for images, support for MathJax if you study mathematics like like me, sorry. There's also support for autosave and a built-in chat sheet if you don't remember the markdown syntax. It actually does not seem to use KD visual design elements very much. Hopefully, in my opinion, that will change in the future and it will feel more of a KD app, but I tried it and it works very nicely. So I'm happy to see it included in our applications. Another decision that was made in the KD Academy during the frameworks both, which is when you actually go sit down all together and discuss about things, is about Plasma 6. So let me talk about what Plasma 6 is, and decision is roughly regarding its release date. So let's talk about that. Okay, so you might know that KDE is based on Qt, KDE as a whole, so applications and desktop plasma. Qt has released Qt 6 and, you know, sooner or later we will switch to Qt 6. And there are two components of KDE, the frameworks and plasma, whose release number actually depends on the number of Qt they use. Frameworks 5.99 as an example and KDE Plasma 5.26 as an example. Which means that as soon as Frameworks and Plasma are built on Qt6, probably they will be called Frameworks 6 and Plasma 6. That could be changed, but for now that what is what seems to be likely. Now there has been work uh, in the past years to actually port Frameworks 5 to use Qt6 and make them Frameworks 6. And this work is not just actually porting things from Qt5 to Qt6, but also reworking the APIs. Both of these things, porting Qt6, Qt6 and the APIs do not actually have an effect that is visible from the user, but they are very important changes under the hood. As soon as Plasma actually starts using Framework 6, it will probably start using the Plasma 6 name. And for Plasma, this is also a great time to, you know, change some APIs that we wanted to change, but we couldn't to avoid uh, breaking stability. 
Plasma 6, a major release, is actually when you can change things. Now, it has been decided to try to work on Plasma 6 and actually branch off frameworks uh, in order for them to become the framework 6 after the release of Plasma 5.27, which in 4 months. It is expected for Plasma 6 to take a slightly longer time than usual Plasma releases, which means that it will probably skip to the next uh, release schedule. Usually we have a release every 4 months, which means that the next one would be in 8 months. So to recap, Plasma 5.27 would release in 4 months from now and after that there would be likely about 8 months before Plasma 6, which means that roughly it should be 1 year from now. This is of course depending on what actually happens. Now what will actually be new in Plasma 6? As I said, it will use Qt6, there will be some changes in APIs both for Plasma and for the frameworks, but what else? Well, first of all, if we have eight months to work on Plasma 6, then all of the features that usually stay in two Plasma 5 releases will be in just one Plasma 6 release, just because we have double the time. There will be also double debug fixes, and of course, stability is something that we want to work on a lot. Now, does this mean that there will be big changes to the UI, big new features? Well, we don't know yet, probably not or at least there is no big change planned for Plasma 6 specifically. There will be just the normal things that we do for two Plasma 5 releases condensed into the Plasma 6 one. The only thing that we're kinda working on is a better theming system that should also be uh, able to theme your applications and not just Plasma, but if that actually makes it to Plasma 6, uh, it is to be seen. Then let's talk about some generic improvements that were done last week. There is a big one to Kate and Kwrite. Now, when you open Kate and Kwrite without any document, you actually get a welcome screen that shows you welcome to Kate or Kwrite. Do you want to open a document, do a new one, or it shows you all the recent documents and you can forget them. It shows a nice welcome screen where you can actually start working. There's also a nice improvement in usability for Dolphin. If you drag and drop a folder onto an empty area of the tab bar, that folder actually opens in a new tab, which is super nice. Also, the slide desktop effect has been made slightly faster in its animations due to popular demand. And then some smaller stuff that actually help you use things. As an example, in system settings color page, if you select from current wallpaper option to actually choose the accent color from the current wallpaper, the accent color will change immediately so you can understand what is changing. And when you uninstall an application, it will actually disappear from the start menu, kick off application launcher immediately. Okay, it's actually two episodes that I talk so much about KDE. I'm really sorry, you know, as a KDE developer, I try to balance all these things, but at the end, that's who I am. But let's actually try to balance this uh, slightly with GNOME updates. And let's start with something that I'm slightly envious of. Now, GNOME uses a software called OpenQA to actually test its software. And now they have done more work on it. The testing initiative has seen some progress and the existing tests are all passing again. And some tests have migrated to a new OpenQA tests.git repo, which will actually allow much faster cycle times when developing tests. I'm very, very envious of this. Then there's secrets. 
an application for GNOME that makes use of the Keepos version 4 format and it has released version 7.0 with numerous bug fixes and improvements. We have basic check for file conflicts, password history support, support for trash bin and redesigned custom entry attributes. Then there is Pika Backup, which is an application in GNOME to make backups. And now it actually has the ability to exclude a certain pattern from things that should be backed or backupped, backed up, backupped, I don't know. As an example, you can now add the pattern star slash large folders slash star to actually avoid backupping any folder called large folders. Coming to third-party projects, there is the announcement of Playhouse 1.0, so big announcement, and I'm actually very envious of this as well. It is an application to develop HTML, CSS, and JavaScript. You actually have an editor for HTML, one for CSS and JavaScript. You also get a live web preview, how to save developers tools, start light mode supports, and for me, that I actually do many websites as a hobby. I, I, I like I like this so much. Like, I need this. I'm going to install this right away. There's also the very first release of an application called Zap, which you can install from FlatHub, and it is a soundboard application. The UI has a bim, bam, and boom sounds, which you can actually play, and it is meant to make your live streams and videocasts more entertaining. And I guess I could use it for the podcast as well in some way, but let's avoid that entirely. So thanks you for following. There's more, but we are out of time and see you tomorrow with a lot of news, like a lot of news. So um, thanks for following.